Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Cannon Side Chats, weekly podcast centered around everything Arsenal Football Club and the Premier League as a whole. This is actually a landmark episode for us. I think it's number 10, but it's also the first episode that we've ever had a guest. You can find him on Twitter at MILFHunter42069. Brady? Brady's a Brentford fan. How does it feel to be on the Arsenal pod? It's great. I've, I've honestly listened to every episode, and uh, I got called out last episode, so it hurt my feelings a little bit, but um, it's it's great to be on. I'm, I'm a big fan. We appreciate that and the listens. We hope to have you on many more times. Beckett, how are you feeling today? I'm terrific. I'm just glad that we got got Brady on here, man. That's what this is. He's not just a Brentford fan. He's our designated betting specialist too. So come back for all your gambling needs as he becomes more of a regular. Perfect. And yeah, Beckett, you're gonna have to step up this episode in Sam's absence since he decided to go to the Cardinal game instead of talk Arsenal before the first match of the season. So we see where his priorities lie. Anyway, competitive football's back. Was back this weekend. Semi with the Community Shield and the German equivalent. Did you guys watch any of that? What do you guys think? I watched the Community Shield and it was a pretty good game. Liverpool looked more ready for the season than City. Um, but City, Holland's first game, so you gotta... It was fun to see it, at least. And then I watched some of the German stuff, too. Um, I think I watched the Bayern game. I'll pull one out, I'll pull one out of uh, Beck's book. I didn't catch it. I just watched the highlights. Um, <laughs> no, I, I really did. I caught the highlights. I agree. I, th- I thought Liverpool, um, you know, it looked like they were, honestly, mid-season form. Um, very impressive there. I'm sure they'll be they'll be ready to go. And a uh, little foreshadowing to the to the betting betting portion on that one so do you guys did that game sway your decision on Nunez or Haaland who's better or anything I don't think so um you know what Holland is just because he doesn't score in a game doesn't mean you just ride him off that's the city's offense is going to produce 400 chances this game so he's or this season this game uh can you imagine maybe when they play Bournemouth yeah, maybe. So I, I'm not worried about it. I, I still think Colin will get 15 plus goals. Yeah, I think he had an XG of 1.5 in the whole game. So it's not a terrible game. Brady, were you going to say something? No, I just said it's wild. Like they're they're both loaded. It's it's incredible. Oh yeah. Um, and I another betting uh, foreshadowing Nunez. I think just his his price on Golden Boot is. Very intriguing. What is it at, do you know? Right now you can get it at like 15 to 1. All right, all right. Okay, interesting. Something to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, he was obviously really excited with his first trophy and goal. Uh, the celebrations were enthusiastic, to say the least. I'm not trying to celebration police that, I swear. I'm just, just <laughs> saying he was pumped. Um, yeah, I'm not worried about Holland either. It almost seemed like City was too slow for Holland, if that makes sense. He was getting in good positions, but they weren't getting the ball off their foot in time. So I think that that will come with time. Um, yeah, Bayern in that other game, I've watched that, and 
they're so dominant that they, and they know it they just become complacent within games and then starts to crawl back but they capped it off sonic capped it off with an incredible goal just keeping his composure so yeah it was nice to have competitive football back can't wait for this week so might as well get into that now the the good stuff arsenal versus crystal palace friday first match of the premier league do we have any score predictions beckett how are you feeling going into it i'm excited man i am so excited not just for arsenal i mean obviously for arsenal but for the whole premier league to be back uh just looking forward to the season Arsenal had the good offseason, and that kind of made me look forward to it more. But I just love having that uh, weekend mornings to wake up to and put some footy on. But also, I mean, halfway through the season, you have um, World Cup, so I'm looking forward to that. Arsenal game, I am going to say 2-0 to the Gunners. 2-0. That's where I was leaning as well, but... I'm going to go 3-1. I don't know why, but... Saying 1-0. Gunners. Okay. Uh, I was I was waiting for me Crystal there for Palace. I won't do that to you. No, I, I honestly looked at this game a lot, uh, just, you know, from both perspectives of betting side and just matchup side. And um, I really think that just from a scoring point of view, I could, I, I honestly think it's going to be kind of a slow down, you know, both teams trying to figure themselves out early in the year. And um, I'm, I really think one nothing from Arsenal. Jesus. Oh, hell yeah. Jesus, that. that's what we're doing here, especially FPL wise. But yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, Arsenal's obviously going to be looking for revenge on the fixture last year since. This was a 3-0 loss in, I think, April or March that really kicked off our downfall from the peak that was the winter portion of the season. Um, Paulus and Wilfred Zaha in particular looking really good. I think he's got five goals already this Premier League se- or this preseason. Um, so that's not too exciting. Uh, and he loves to score against Arsenal. We know that. Or just perform against Arsenal. As a as well, Eduard bagged a brace, I think, in their last game. It's really unfortunate because I can't find any of their starting lineups on any websites I look at. Footma or Fotmob doesn't have it, so I can't really get a good picture of how they're going to line up. Um, but that being said, I don't think they're going to be able to deal with the press that Arteta's been putting on. So Joachim Anderson is really good at playing the ball, but I don't think he's that good. Yeah. I, I, I agree. And I actually, uh, I was looking at Fought Mob like crazy too for uh, FPL purposes. I was trying to see like who was going to start on teams to try and get someone in. But yeah, I didn't see any lineups either. But I have it on good authority that Arsenal has never lost the very first game of the Premier League on a Friday night, back-to-back seasons in a row. So... A lot of stipulations there. Might be the obscure stat, but I'm gonna throw it out there. Just saying, sounds like they're gonna win to me. Right, well, Brady knows about Arsenal on Friday night, Premier League start, having be or being a Brentford fan. You're not any up and com- up and comers this time. That was just a you know you were walking into a buzzsaw, you know, first game up in 74 years. 
I don't I don't see that saying. I think they're going to be comfortable. Um, I think I think Arsenal's going to be just fine. I really do. Um, I don't think Crystal's going to have as many chances as as you think. I think Arsenal's going to have a lot of chances. Um, but just I I just don't foresee it being a very high scoring game. I think three to one is a lot. Um, but I I, I think. It's going to be entertaining watching all the new parts that I know you guys are very excited about that have been brought in throughout the um, transfer transfer period and um, excited to see those dudes in action. I'm pumped for you guys. Yeah, speaking of new signings and being excited as well, it's kind of weird as well, but being American, we can be excited for this. Chris Richards going to Palace, so that's exciting. Welcome to the Premier League. As if we have anything to do with the Premier League being fans, but... Um, <laughs> It'll be it'll be exciting to I don't know if he'll get in off the rip, but it'll be exciting to see him and how he progresses and exciting for the World Cup too. So I guess with that we can move on to Brentford. Brady, do you want to talk about Brentford's opening week for a little bit? Sure. Um so as you know, as everybody knows, uh no more Christian Erickson. I just want to get that out of the way. I think uh, you know, from a top to bottom. Um, I honestly think they're probably a better team on paper this year, even taking away Erickson just with, you know, from the depth point of view, made a couple good signings. Um, number one, having a quality backup goaltender in Strakosha now kind of, you know, the biggest deal in the middle of last year was when Raya goes down and you're without Raya for multiple games and you're putting in a goalie who had never played a game in the Premier League or any quality league for that matter. And um, it just all went downhill. Um, so uh, you add Aaron Hickey, who you guys know very well. I think um, he's going to be quality. I think uh, Keen Lewis Potter is, I don't think he'll see a ton of action to begin with. I think he'll probably be brought in like a, a Jan Wissa was last year. Um, and then that's my, I know Michael th- wanted me to talk about somebody who I think could blow up this year. Jan Wissa is um, somebody who, as the year went on, and I think he did, you know, gain a lot of confidence when Erickson was on the field, but I think as the year went on, his opportunities just got more and more productive. Um, So I think he's someone to keep an eye on this year. Um, Biggest thing, I think, matchup-wise with Leicester, Brentford's going to be without um, Ayer and Pinnock on the back end. Um, signing Ben Mee was huge as a little stopgap. Um, he's not, you know, he's not the greatest person in the world um, when it comes to defense. But I think just from a leadership point of view, it's kind of what you need at this point because you're going to have, you know, um, Rico Henry, who's solid, but you're going to have um, Pontus, who's quality is your captain, but he's slower than uh, molasses. And you're going to have Hickey, who doesn't have very much experience. So you're going to need someone back there who can kind of keep everybody in the right spot. And hopefully you just can hold it down until Iron and Pinnock come back. Um, makes me a little bit nervous against Vardy. Um, and that I Madison, I, I'm a little nervous about that. I think that they could cause problems. Um, but hopefully, you know. Raya can help us out a little bit, and and then you have uh, the other end where Mbomo has had four goals in five preseason games. I don't know how that has happened, but hopefully that 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 stat 
uh, stays true. I'm saying, I'm saying one-one draw. I I don't I don't uh, I I want to say win, but I just I don't know without Ire and Pinnock if they can. Is it a home game at Leicester? Okay, so one-one would be one-one would not be bad at all. And I mean, you got so you lose Erickson, but you come back. Josh De Silva is back from injury; shouldn't be out eight months or however long he was out like last season. Definitely added depth in good spots. So, I mean, I I could see Brentford surprising some people this year. It, especially result wise. I mean, nothing will be more surprising than than the result over Chelsea or beating Arsenal day one. But I I think it could be could be a Completely different season for some of those players that gained some experience, as you said, with Wissa. He was not only joining a new team, but he's stepping up to the Premier League. So, huge adaptation there. Um, and they made some decent signings. So, I I, I think it could be a good season. And 1-1's probably fair at Leicester game one. One thing makes me nervous, I think, just from the, um, you know, you have uh, Matthias Jensen and, like you said, Josh, Josh De Silva in the midfield. Um, you kind of – I was trying to get a read one way or the other, which Thomas Frank felt, and it kind of makes me nervous because they're obviously about to sign Damsgaard, um, which that kind of tells me that the confidence level isn't real high in those guys. Um, and I know it's a positive piece to add, and he can play, you know, in, you know, in the middle or on the wing, but – it just doesn't make me feel all, you know, fuzzy, happy and fuzzy inside whenever you're, you know, you're a week away from the season and you're already trying to search for replacements in the midfield. So hopefully those guys prove me wrong, but um, I think it's going to be an interesting start. You'll, I think that's the going to be the key at this point, obviously with the injuries at the back, but in the midfield, seeing if Jensen or De Silva can step up. So, I mean, if Brentford is going to be an improved team, then who's going to be fighting for relegation and who's going to get relegated this season? You guys have any thoughts on your relegation teams? Hold on, can I talk about Brentford? Yeah, you can. I'm oh, sorry. I thought, well, I mean, uh, go for it. I'm just, I'm Josh DeSilva being back and being an Arsenal Academy product. I'm really excited to see that. I've got a tiny bit of history with Brentford just being their football manager, manager like two years ago. So. <laughs> There's a little, a little minor. Rico Henry was your boy. Rico Henry was my boy. Um, yeah, so I've got a little bit, but I'm excited to see him. I think Ben Mee is a pretty positive signing. Comes from Burnley. He knows how to defend. It's going to solidify. He's probably fine with being rotation as long as he's still in the prim. Um, good locker room. Uh, and then to your own visa. I'm pretty sure I remember him scoring like three or four pretty crucial goals, whether it be last minute winners or um, equalizers. So that's a really good shout to having a year under his belt. Um, and then Aaron Hickey, obviously I was really excited when Arsenal was linked. So I can only imagine being a Brentford fan and actually of having acquired him. Um, yeah. So I'm really excited for that. He should be, he should be pretty exciting to watch. And Ivan Tony's my boy as well. I can't hate on Ivan Tony. So. Yeah, you led off our last podcast with quotes from him. So <laughs> I did. That was actually him. I ripped it <laughs> out in the video. Love it.
All right, Beckett, so you want to go back to your transition? It was really smooth. I hate to have fucked it up. <laughs> Our bad. Um, I mean, it, okay, so if Brentford's improved, you've got a couple other teams coming up, or three teams coming up, Bournemouth, Nottingham Forest, and Fulham. Everybody's making some moves. Brentford's improved, though. So then who gets relegated this season? Because if Brentford improves, they're not finishing anywhere close to the bottom. They'll be closer to 10th. So do you have any relegation favorites? My three, um, I, I, went, I kicked this around today. I had um, Bournemouth, Fulham, and my surprise was Everton. I know me and Michael were driving to uh, bowling the other day. Shout out, bankrollers. Wow, what a name. Driving to bowling the other day. And uh, Everton just, I, from a, you know, additions standpoint, they've done nothing. I, I, I guess, you know, they, you know, added a guy or two, but it's not anything to make up for what they've lost. And I just, I, that, that stuck out to me just from a, you know, simple, just looking at the squad point of view. Um, it could have been easy to, say Nottingham Forest, but I honestly think there's some pretty good quality on that team that could could stay up. Um, but yeah, Bournemouth, Fulham, and Everton are my three. Wanted to put Leeds in there because I, you know how I feel about Leeds, but um, I just with with all the money they spent, I can't I can't see them staying staying that in that bottom three. I'm on the exact same train with Brady. Bournemouth for sure. They. They still have a championship team. They have, they have talked about someone who hasn't signed anyone. Um, even Scott Parker, I don't know if you guys saw the quotes, came out and was like, I can't believe we're six days away and this is the state of the squad. He's like, no disrespect to my players, but we're just not good enough. Um, Fulham too. Fulham have tried, but they still have Tim Ream playing. Shout out Tim Ream. You're a good dude. Beckett knows your brother. Um, but you're, I don't think you're at the Premier League level anymore. If you're starting against Liverpool, that's going to be not pretty. Um, and Everton, yeah, they you sell your best player, you only sign a center back. I suppose they haven't done any business because they spent all their money on shit players the last six transfer windows, the likes of Alex Wobie, thirty million. Um, I think they're just trying to replace Richarlison with Deli Alley, rejuvenate some of that old form. But Lord knows, I hope that goes south quick. And I just, I just have no confidence in their manager whatsoever. Uh, Frank Lampard, I don't think he has any idea what he's doing. He's way over his head. Uh, yeah, so I think that they go south real quick, and he's gone probably by October. And Everton season's gone by, like, January. Enough, they'll be close enough to make some desperate, wasteful signings again, and it'll just continue to deteriorate. What do you think, Beckett? Yeah, um, well, I mean, Everton signed Dwight McNeil too, but they just they just took Burnley players. Dwight McNeil's good, or he's all right, but uh, he's not he's not a replacement to Richarlison, <laughs> that's for sure. And Delhi, I mean, that preseason miss just about sums up what Everton's season could look like this year. And they lost to uh, who was it? Minnesota they lost United. Minnesota four nil. Jesus Christ! After yeah. losing two nil to Arsenal, um, I don't know. I, I I think I think Bournemouth. Yes, they're the obvious. I think that they they're they're potentially 
in the running for one of the worst Premier League teams of all time this season, points wise. Yeah, so Bournemouth, Fulham, probably. I don't. I mean, Mitrovic scored forty seventeen thousand goals. I don't know how many scored last year in the Championship, but he that pace isn't going to continue. Yeah, he's already played in the Premier League. I know that. I think that was like his first. No, he had played over with under. I don't mean to interrupt you. Over under four red cards for Mitrovic. Four and a half. Make it a half number. I'm going to take the under because I don't see Mitrovic playing enough minutes for that. That's valid. That dude just has a bad temper. He he did this last spell up to where he goes off in the championship and then gets to the prim and then he's not. He doesn't get selected or he's not up. Goes back down. He kind of reminds me of like a career triple a player in the mlb for reference like you're so good at that level but you don't have what it takes at the very top so it kind of just floats back and forth kind of like fulham as a club it's the epitome of it yeah that's true um but i think my third team for relegation would be southampton just because i don't see them having made enough improvements to really they're always a team that is that gets by, and they they're mostly developed at Southampton, or like those players get better at Southampton. But at some point, you just can't keep churning it out with the squad that you have. Like that's like a Burnley. Burnley just kept staying and staying, and they had that one really good season. But for the most part, they're a team that hangs on, and Southampton's been up long enough where they've been hanging on that maybe Cam Ward-Prowse can't, James Ward-Prowse can't save them. You talk about lack of creativity in the midfield for Brentford. I think Southampton's the definition of lack of creativity in the midfield. Yeah. I kind of like Southampton's business this summer. They've signed a lot of young guys. Arebo, um, that center back from Germany. I can't think of his name. But it's it fits right into their model. So you can't say they're going off-brand. They've signed 18-year-olds, 20-year-olds. I mean... It's like the Mane model. You sign them at 20 and let them ball for two years and then sell them for four or five times as much. And I think, to your point, Beckett, about lack of incomings and their youth, maybe we don't follow Southampton enough to know that they've got a Charlie Patino or someone sitting down there. Maybe not English, but of someone of that ilk just waiting not quite ready yet, maybe ready by November, October. So they got one guy, they got a goalie from Man City, probably. I think they got decent. They Romeo got a cent- from center mid from City, Man City. Yeah, yeah that's Lavia. Joe Rebo. And Rebo. They got a center forward, Mara. But, I mean, that's a lot of guys adapting, and they lost Broha back to Chelsea who is was their biggest goal threat so I don't know I, I just I'm not as impressed with their incomings that will need an adjustment to the Premier League as a squad full of players and like Everton that have been some of those guys are world class or have been at one point in their career and so I don't know. I would. I think. I think Everton is also in the fight for it for sure. But I think I'd probably put Southampton ahead. Fair. Which then, yeah, I would. But I would also agree that 
Everton's got a shorter leash, so Lampard probably would be the first one fired of those. But maybe maybe it's Scott Parker because he's talking about how they're not giving him any players. Yeah, he's going straight at the board. Maybe he uh, maybe he has a disagreement with them on purpose so that he gets canned before it gets horrible. Well, should we get on to happier things and talk about top five? Yeah, six. Absolutely. Four? Yeah, I don't want to talk about who yeah. sucks. We've done that enough. So what what, what are you are you saying? Top five, top or top four, top six? Um, we can do top four and then the two add on afterwards. I suppose. Who's in your uh, Who's in your top four this season? It may be slightly biased, but <laughs> four, I'm gonna put Spurs. I just Antonio Conte is just so good. Third, Arsenal. That's the that's the biased part, obviously. Um, putting Arsenal above Spurs, but I think that we probably have done the best business, and we were so close last season. So I'm like, hopefully we build on that. This is where it gets really tough, but I think I'm gonna go against the result of the Community Shield and put Liverpool in second and Man City to repeat. There. That's it. All right. I don't, I don't I don't hate that. That's probably that's close to what I have. What do you have, Brady? All right, start number four at Spurs. Arsenal three. Ooh. And uh and I did I did the same thing. I think chalk at the top. I I think Liverpool and Man City. Um two and one. I just Man City is a machine. Um, yeah. I just, I, I, it'll be a battle between those two. Um, but I, I think, I think Arsenal makes that jump. I, I think they, they have the squad. They've, they've added the pieces to get to three. Um, I think they'll have some fun. You know, a little competition with Spurs again for those last, you know, last spots. But this time for the, for the third and fourth spot instead of what four, fourth and fifth. So. It'll be a fun, fun end of the season for you guys. Yeah, I like that. I think I might like Liverpool's attack more than City's. I think it might be slightly deeper, as crazy as that is. But when you drop down into the midfield and defense, I think City is just overwhelmingly deeper and ready to push on both fronts, three fronts, four fronts, however many it is this season. Yeah, I, 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 I worry a little bit about Ake starting if Laporte's out for a long enough time. But I, uh, so mine is, I have Arsenal for Chelsea, Liverpool, and City. Liverpool and City is just such a fine margin, as you guys are saying. But Chelsea, they looked like crap when we played them. But, I mean, they're still pushing, even right now, to sign a couple more world-class players. So, I think if if Tuchel gets in a couple more players that he really wants and likes, they're they're probably already adapted to that system or can fit that system. That's why he likes them. And then there, I just think Chelsea's previously been just at least sturdy enough defensively that they could weather some of their inefficiencies on offense. So. I, I think I'd still keep Chelsea up in the top four. 
And it, I, I honestly, I think Arsenal could push them and go above them, but I, we'll just see. I don't. The reason why I, I kind of leave it as a question is because of who they could still bring in before the transfer window ends, and they're they're linked with fucking everybody that costs sixty million or above. So that's fair. That's fair. I worry about Thomas Tuchel's temperament. You know how we love alliteration here, but um. Say that three yeah, times. Yeah, I right? can't. <laughs> uh, but I've just been reading a lot of Thomas Tuchel, listening to him. He seems to be rather annoyed at the fact that he's working as a technical director, um, a scout, and head coach, first team coach, all at the same time without a raise. You know, they with the takeover and with Mark Boley playing football manager in real life, uh, a lot of that has fallen on Thomas Tuchel, and I think he's finding it difficult and rather annoying um, to be having to do that and not focusing on just the opposition and his own team. Uh, So I'm a little worried about that, but granted it's Chelsea. They just paid so much money for it. The club, there's no way they're not pushing to be competitive. So He's really pushing those uh, American style trades too on uh, teams. I'm surprised he hasn't offered the washing machine yet. Yeah. Go get the stretcher. Oh, we can't. Jackie sold it. <laughs> no, it's a quality quote right there. Proud of you for that one. Oh, dude. Any, any Will Ferrell. So, I guess we can move back down to five and six. This is where I'm going to put Chelsea in fifth. Probably not too controversial. They're obviously still going to be good. They've got world-class players all over the pitch, including the most expensive goalie who sits a bench. And I think seven, I'm going to buck the train a little bit, um, but I've liked their business so far this summer. And I like just the rebuild and how they've been looking. And I'm going to go West Ham. Unless there are some massive teams that drop down to the conference league that fall in West Ham's way of the final for that. I think that I'm going to go West Ham. They'll be able to push them both. West Ham's in sixth? Yeah. Sorry, did I say seventh? Sixth. Okay. I think so. That's all right. Uh, wow. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Man, you no, I'll get it. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Back to back. Is 10, is 10 like going to be the first one fired? No, it'll be a late fall off. Uh, yeah. I, um, I, I have... Spuds in fifth and United in sixth. I think it, West. I don't feel like West Ham's deep enough to do another European season and maintain their levels in the Prem. That they just they ha- that squad wasn't really rotated that much, but they have made some big signings that might allow them to. So you never know. But I mean, there's still a ton of games for some of their midfielders that have to play in both competitions it does give you some different options maybe up top and stuff with who with skamaka but i'm not i i'd say i think i'd have them in seventh and man united have been at least coached into the same spot as last year yeah i went uh i went this is i i can't believe i did this but same thing chelsea fifth and then, for some reason, I put Wolves in sixth. Um, 
and I just, you know, I, I was reading about, you know, their, their business as well. Um, lost a lot of close and I looked at expected standings from last year, lost a lot of close matches last year that could have, could have went both ways. And they, I mean, they were what they had 51 points last year. You're a couple wins out of, out of seventh. Um, so I, I like them there. And then I had, I, under them, I had Man U and West Ham as well. Just didn't know which which order to put both. I could drop Man United down a hundred spots for taking Erickson, but I can't really be mad about that. Yeah, Wolves dropped points to Arsenal in the last few seconds for an own goal. So. Yeah, yeah, and I mean they got probably so Tarkovsky was the most experienced, but they got Burnley's probably best center back, that twenty-one-year-old Collins. I don't think, I mean, they get Traore back. Neto missed a ton of time. So maybe those two can, or those three players can push them up a little bit. You never know. They they, they certainly could. Their defense has always been good enough that they could at least fight for up there. Same thing for them, though, is I think they usually fall off because they just don't have the depth. And in the end that that kills them late in the season when you have four minutes of stoppage time and Arsenal bag another one to tie it or win it. So I, I think that's the kind of same thing for them is they just they lack depth and it it kills them. But I I could I, I could definitely see it. All right, Beckett, on to the next one. Who's your surprise team? If Brady's is Wolves, I suppose. Yeah. My surprise team. Honestly, it could be Leeds. Leeds, I like some of the signings Leeds have made after the players they got rid of. Yeah, and their Team America, World Police. So I, I could see them being a surprise because they're better than what they were last year. <laughs> but it's hard to be uh, much worse. And I didn't put them in my relegation. I just think they've added some quality in positions that they could use it and have added some a different structure. Bielsa, by the time by the end of Bielsa's time, they were just running just to run, if it seemed like, and just at gaping holes. And I think Marsh will kind of organize them a little better. His system is built for them to press, but still remain somewhat defensively intact. So we'll see. I like, I like, like I said, I like some of the players they added and I think they could surprise some teams, but I mean, I'm based on the teams I've talked about possibly being relegated. They're already looking at 15th or, and then a couple other teams fall off. They're, they're, climbing four spots up the table and you don't so i think it could be them brady you want to elaborate on wolves anymore or do you have another one um i like wolves like i said i i think um biggest thing for me and and this is this is biased obviously um i can honestly see brentford top 10 i i i really i know the second season syndrome all that good stuff um i think they figured out something at the end of the year last year with thomas frank um kind of figuring out formation wise how to play which team. Um and I whenever you would play obviously week one against Arsenal, I throw that away. 
because that that was just you know you can't count that game too too much hype. But when you think about a game like Chelsea, a game like um, compared to like a game like Everton at the end of the year, um, they played those games in two very different ways, but they were so successful at the end of the year in those games that I, I think he finally started to figure out um, what how the how the team ticks and 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 what what makes them go. Um, so I, I'm call I'm saying I'm saying top ten for Brentford. They're going to be another surprise team for me, and I know there's a lot of bias with that, but I just ha- I have a feeling that they figured something out at the end of the year last year. Yeah, that's fair too. Yeah, I will say it is a surprise pick in a sense, but also in a way I wouldn't be surprised if Brentford was able to do that. I I was very how should I say it, impressed with their performance last season throughout the entirety. Um, shoot, they had that incredible game when they three three draw against Liverpool as well. I think Yon Visa was one who equalized in that game. So I know we kind of touched on him earlier in the relegation talk, but I think my surprise team might very well be one of the promoted Nottingham Forest. I really like what they've done this summer with a lot of their loans and transfers, um, keeping it relatively cheap and sustainable, getting getting a lot of uh, what do you call it? Championship players, um, some Premier League players on loan, uh, and it's no surprise to Arsenal that they're pretty good because they knocked us out of the cup last year. So <laughs> I really like what they're doing. Steve Cooper really turned that around, and they seem kind of like Brentford last year, where there's hot coming into the Premier League, and that's always scary. And if a team like that can get a decent start through the first two or three months, they might be on a might not be feeling the pressure come January, February, March when it gets tougher and your legs get tired. So that's my surprise pick. Yeah. Um, I was going to, I was going to say, or I thought you were going to say Nottingham Forest or Newcastle. I thought those would be your Newcastle two. was one, but I didn't think that would be a surprise at all. Just because everyone's like anticipating yeah, that, not surprising. Yeah. Everyone's just <laughs> waiting for them to be the Man now. City of 2027. Yeah, well, those two square off game one, so that'll be a litmus test of some sort. Yeah, Nottingham Forest has some ballers, though, man. I know uh, Brentford wanted Brendan Brendan Johnson really bad, so I watched him a good bit in the Championship, and um, you know, obviously adding Lingard is going to give you some experience, but. They're not a bad team if you look at, you know, just top to bottom. Yeah, I think it'll be Bryn Johnson and that Taiwo Iwoni. Sorry for butchering that. He looks like a unit, just athletic, strong, good in front of goal. Um, so he might fit that five back really well. Yeah, Jesse Lingard, too. Uh, it rebuilt three-fifths of their back line. Musa Nkate. That's not, not a bad look. Definitely better than Brentford. Or not Brentford, sorry. <laughs> Bournemouth. Pardon. Wrong B. Definitely better than Bournemouth. Yeah. yeah. A Freudian slip. <laughs> and what's crazy is, like, Fulham and Bournemouth, to an extent, I suppose, have known they were going to be in the Premier League since April. Even earlier for Fulham. Probably, like, January. They knew they were going to lock it up. So they had so much time to do this business that Forrest is done, and Forrest is on it like that as soon as they're promoted, which is good to see. All right, should we move on? 
Just a little slight FPL betting talk. Does anyone want a team reveal? Uh, I can if you want. Mine right now. Sure, you go You go yours. I'll go mine since you called me out on Twitter. I've revised since then. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you needed to. <laughs> um, I've got Raya and Goal. I'm just going to say starting yeah. lineup. I don't care about reserves for now. Raya and Goal. Saliba. Trippier. Trent. Sven Botman. Hickey. Then I've got... That's my back line. I'm playing five defenders. I've got Martinelli, Foden, and Sala in my midfield. And then I've got Jesus and Holland in attack. Okay. We are not very similar at all. I will say that. Well, I'm trying to like... I'm trying to differentiate a little bit so, so that... Because week one, I feel like... A lot of teams could be fairly similar if you just they could be. So I'm trying to grab some gems early. Yeah, fair. I'm taking the approach of I've seen a lot of talk of using your what is it, wild card pretty early in the first half of the season. Uh, so I'm kind of taking that approach and setting up really heavy on these big teams with the easy game weeks in the first few weeks. I've got Ederson and goal, Trent. Luca Dean, who I just had Hickey in right before we got on the pod for Dean, but I just swapped him out because Dean plays Bournemouth the first week of the season. Um, then I've got Cancelo. I've got Reese James, Jacob Ramsey, Bukai Osaka, Mo Salah, Gabriel Martinelli, Holland, Jesus. And I'm probably going to take Saka or Martinelli out, probably Martinelli, and swap them out for maybe Pedro Neto or someone. But that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Really loading up on the Bourne myth in the first three weeks as an opposition. <laughs> I can't can't fault that at all. So, Brady, do you have anyone in particular you want to talk about that you like? Uh, honestly, as you know, pretty new to uh, fantasy soccer. Um, but I, I honestly, I'll, I'll I'll fess up. Sent my team to Michael, and he only gave me one one advice change, so I was happy with that. Um, uh, I have Ryan Goal. Uh, I'm playing three four three. Ryan Goal, Van Dyke, Cash, Perisic, Perisic, um, Sancho, Ward Prowse, Gumares, Salah, Jesus, Kane, and Tony. Little bias pick with Tony, but if anyone's going to score, more than likely it's going to be Tony. Um, just some extra extra rooting rooting fuel there. Fair and loading up on the attackers. I love that too. Hey, goals, goals get points. Yeah, yeah, dude. He set a really good lineup for uh, first time. First time picking. Fair enough. I can't complain with any of that. Yeah, he's all over it. Who's your wild card from your team that you don't that no one else has? Uh, Wissa. Wissa. Duh. Oh yeah, you only said. I don't think I have a wild card, really. You have no one like under 5% selected? Which I just said I was trying to differentiate, but... Um, well, I have Brendan Aronson, who's at 1%, okay. but I have him. Okay. I think mine's probably oh, my, Jacob Ramsey. Obviously on my bench. He's only 2-something. Yeah. 
Yeah, two point five. I would agree with that. Sometimes that's what it comes Ball down to in these leagues low. when everyone's got Mo Salah captain, yeah, Erling Holland, and everyone that's going off. It comes down to the little small stuff. So uh, Hickey's point three. Yeah. This is point two. Yeah, I had Hickey before this. Yeah, and actually, you know, Saliba is only selected in one point eight percent of. The yeah, that's surprising to me too. I bet a lot of non-Arsenal fans don't think he's going to start. I saw Tomiyasu is really highly owned as well. Well, comparatively to others. He hasn't played once in preseason. Yeah. I thought about being wide back there. What's your prediction on Damsgaard's price? Um, hmm. Let me look at midfield. If, well, so Wissa, I'll give you kind of a indicator. Wissa was five and 5.5. 5. I bet six. That's what I think it six. is. Six. Five point five six. I think Damsgaard's gonna be five five. Aronson and Neto are both yeah. five five. So I can't I couldn't see him being higher than someone like Neto. Yeah, I agree with that. And I mean I think Martine- Martinelli's a six, so uh, I have a six might I mean, it'll be one of those yeah. two, but I can see him being equal to Martinelli price wise. Yeah. Especially because he's almost slots straight in, straight in as a guaranteed starter. Yeah, I would think so as well. What is he? Where's that transfer at? Is he? Uh, is he doing? Rumor is he's flying in tomorrow, and they said it's going to be kind of an extended medical process because of the whole arthritis situation. I guess it is. Um, I guess you know, just Italy really does not like. Um, you know, obviously the Erickson situation, but then he was taking some sort of medication for his knee that was only like semi-approved. Um, so that's why he had to miss a lot. And then he's, they were allowing him to take it now. Um, but he's been, I mean, I know he's played over the last three, four weeks. So I don't think that's a con- conditioning's not going to be a concern. I think they just want to do their due, due diligence, but I feel like they wouldn't have offered what they offered if there was a chance of him not passing medicals yeah i'm surprised that italy made erickson leave for the heart thing because that league is way slower than the premier league and the intensity level he's got it's got to be way more exerting on him in the prem than italy would have been but yeah i think it was more liability issue a solid pickup syria wasn't gonna yeah i I, let him die on the field on their hands they they don't want that pr (laughs) i get it i mean i it's scary should we move on to the last segment then? Yeah, let's hear it. In true Canon Side Chats fashion, it's called Potential Parlays. PP, for short. You guys want some PP? PP loans? You guys want some PPs? Potential Parlays. Brady, do you want to start with yours? You have a few. Mine's pretty much right. Got some, you've got some odds for us? I have uh, three over-unders. So Michael knows I live on over-unders. Um, and I think, obviously, those can go badly if, you know, there's a red card or whatever. But we, Michael and myself were solid last year. I think more I, – I would probably say we hit 80%. Um, and we're not – you know, we're not betting a ton, but – uh, first one was Liverpool, Liverpool and Fulham. Um, if you can get an over a two and a half, um, 
it's probably going to be pretty um pretty heavy you know juice wise so you're probably gonna have to pay but i from what i looked at you can get a plus if you take it at three um i saw plus odds at over three i honestly think you know liverpool could name their number that game and if fulham gets down early you would think that they might open it up a little bit you're not worried about goal differential week one and if fulham scores first i mean you're looking at four to one so i really like the over under that as i mentioned earlier arsenal and palace under two and a half i think that game has one nothing two nothing written all over it something like that i don't see three goals in that so hopefully quentin's not right with the three to one and then i had uh nottingham and newcastle under um I think Nottingham could play similar to what Brentford looked like in the middle of the season last year, and they just kind of were playing for points. I could see them, you know, um, sitting back, but at the same time, the only thing, the only th- I had a star next to them, the only thing that worries me if Newcastle comes out and wants to score a million goals just to send a message. Um, so I that one was kind of my, you know, kind of in the middle pick, but those first two I really, really like. Yeah, I can get behind that. And my yeah. score prediction, I will say, comes from the heart, not from the brain. If I had mm-hmm. money, I don't think I'd put it on 3-1 or over 3.5. Um, but no money on it on the Arsenal podcast. Yeah, I go with the boys. I get it. What was the what was the line? What was the over under on Nottingham Forest, Newcastle? All three of those were 2.5. 2.5? Yeah. Oh, um, okay. So I and and those are you know you can shop around as you know if if you are trying to improve your gambling skills, especially if you're in a legal state where you can download as many books as possible and get the best odds. Do it um, because if you can get you know like I said a plus money on something, take advantage of it. Um, but yeah, right now I'm just looking at one, looking at a book I have. Two and a half for Arsenal, and that's minus 110. So that's straight, you know, normal odds. Liverpool, like I said, you can get, you're going to get plus odds if you take the over three. And then the last one, Nottingham and Newcastle. Yeah, you can, you, you're going to pay a little bit. But over two and a half is at minus one thirty right now. So, or the under, I'm sorry, under two and a half is minus one thirty. So, shop around, find your find your best best odds there. Yeah, I I, I like that. Um, I think I would probably put maybe something on Bournemouth, Aston Villa on Aston Villa, and maybe right? parlay Not that with. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. I meant that game. Put money on that and maybe parlay it with the Liverpool game to try and give me better odds yep. as well. Um, just because, uh, like we've discussed, the the Bournemouth squad is nothing, and Aston Villa's made some movements, and their offense is probably <laughs> they love to attack, so that's probably their strongest suit. Um, so yeah, I, I like I like some of those over unders. You got any in mind, Q? I like Bournemouth. Bournemouth on FanDuel is plus money. Or Aston Villa at Bournemouth is plus money, plus 100. 
So I like that just straight up. Plus 105 for me. I like Leon Bailey as an anytime goal scorer. I like over two and a half in that game just because Bournemouth look like they'll capitulate. Um, and then to Brady's point earlier on his prediction, I believe that Brentford Leicester draw is plus 270. So if you're really behind that 1 1 draw, it might not be too bad either. So, I would if you can get it, yeah, if you can get two and a half over under on that one too, I would lean under as well on Brentford Leicester. I just can't stand betting unders when I watch my team, but uh, that's a that's a yeah. good bet as well, I think. Oh, sorry, I mean, draws plus 270. Yeah, I, yes, for that game, yeah. yeah. Um, and and I think over unders could be. At the beginning, I might be more reluctant to take an under too because the five sub rule in this season. I don't know how it's going to impact some of these games late on, which it bigger teams certainly it could have a very dramatic impact to the game and take a one-one draw, take it over the line to three goals, two-one. So. I'd probably be more reluctant to take an under at this stage, but if if there's a certain game that it looks really realistic in, I could see it. I mean, some of the some of the t- clubs we mentioned that have depth issues, the five subs rule really won't have a tremendous impact anyway. So, Wolves games, <laughs> I'll take a lot of unders on Wolves if they're at two and a half. Uh, so. I won't. You just have to play it each week, what the matchups are and stuff like that. But I certainly think the five sub rule will have an impact. So, what's our parlay of the week? You said you, obviously. I think that's a good idea, at Liverpool, because you're looking at minus three ninety five. So you're not going to pay that straight up. So if you parlay that, you know, we do the with Liverpool. do the over under maybe on that. Well, if you do, else? yeah. Or you could, if we're just talking about straight money line parlay. Liverpool, you said at yeah, Villa's even money plus a hundred, and then oh, as much as I hate to say it, Leeds at plus one thirty, Leeds plus one thirty, and Wolves plus two twenty. That's yeah, that's a good. Matchup. That was an interesting I'm, I'm one for me too. That's a yeah, good matchup. I, I I'm nerve I'm nervous about teams scoring on yeah, Wolves. I wanted to go Wolves uh, two twenty because leads are a bit leaky. If Wolves yeah. snatch one in the if first I, twenty minutes, that game might be over. Well if you take Wolves two twenty, yeah. you're looking at a uh, nice little nice little payout there. Yeah. I'm just not confident that Wolves take one. Ooh. So I don't know. That those odds are uh, Pretty well said, if you ask me. Yeah, I would say you know if you're making a build in the parlay, I w- you're going to have to center it around Liverpool or um, Spurs. Probably, I mean Spurs are. It looks like Spurs are the biggest favorite of the weekend. I think they're minus minus two eighty five okay, so online. Maybe, all right, so Liverpool's bigger. Yeah, I would. I if I. If I was going to pick three teams to parlay, I would go. I would go. 
Chelsea, Aston Villa, and Liverpool to at plus three thirty. That's solid. I mean, I think you could probably find a better one, something that might give you a little bit better odds. But I'm, I feel relatively comfortable that Liverpool is going to win, that Chelsea are going to win over Everton, and then Aston Villa against Bournemouth. I, I I'm comfortable that'll, with that as well. That'll do. Put fifty bucks on that. Get yourself plenty of quesaritos. Shout out Taco Bell. Sponsor us. I would even put in plus two and a half on that Liverpool game just to add to the yeah. odds. Yeah. Get a yeah. little creative with like it. You that. can add Mo Salah anytime, goal or assist, or something along those lines just to get – maybe not an individual player, but definitely over two and a half. I'll keep track of my uh, wins and losses so I can be, be accountable. Yeah. Yeah, we need to do that too. I like that. Right. So uh, like my my that. official three: Liverpool, Fulham over two and a half; Arsenal, Palace under two and a half; Nottingham, Newcastle under two and a half. Okay, it's a lock. We'll discuss that next week. Yeah, see how we did. Let's see how we did. Sound good? Anything else you guys want to talk about? I am. I'm just gonna mention it just because it's tomorrow and we're an arsenal podcast but i uh, am very excited for our documentary to be released and uh really looking forward to seeing some of the behind the scenes work on on the club even though we had some gimmicks at the end and some weird shit happen throughout the season i think it'd be really interesting to see how those play out behind the scenes can't wait for that Week one matchup. I just i I'm gonna watch that episode just for that alone. And <laughs> no, I had to laugh today. It was uh, there was a clip from it, and there was a photographer. Did you see this? A photographer giving a speech to the team. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and, Stuart McFarland. I mean, you know, they were getting torn apart in the comments, and I I I see it. If you're an outside, you know, not a fan of Arsenal, it's funny. But at the same time, it's just the passion that those dudes have for the team, and it's no different. You know, obviously, it is. It's it's football, so it's it's different. But you know, passion for American football and baseball and stuff over here. It's it's crazy how passionate people are. So it was funny at the same time. I'm like, this dude cares so much. So yeah, wild. I was gonna say the haters can laugh all they want, but that's the best moment of that dude's life 100%. ever. And he's and he sits next to yeah. the field taking pictures every game. But to get to the chance to do something like that was just incredible. So, yeah, it's, it was cool to see. It's a really cool moment. And I think uh, it was mentioned in uh, one, of, one of the other pods I listened to. I can't remember who it was. But they, they brought up the point. I think it was Arsenal Vision. They brought up the point that if you're an outsider, some of those like in motivational speeches can look super cheesy. Just because it's like it's not geared for you. It's not like... In the that's what someone's real feelings are in the moment to share with the team to try and get them fired up, and that's before a North London derby. That was I'm pretty from what I saw that was the Tottenham game. Yeah, it was that three, we won three, three one. Yeah. So I, that's I mean it worked. They, they you when as a player, especially like the guys that came through the academy, and he's been there. He's been there longer than them. He's always been a staple. You hear that guy tell you, show that sort of passion and start dropping F-bombs all over the place. I'm going to get fucking pumped up, too. What do you say? What so, you say 40 I, years? I, I mean, photographer for 40 years, 30 years? I couldn't remember what it was. Uh, 30 years at Arsenal. Wild, I've followed him on Twitter since, like, 2011. So That's awesome. 
yeah, you can feel the passion in it, you know, and I agree with Quentin. It's it's easy from – it's no different than sports rivalries over here, but it's, of course, the team that's, you know, not in the – I'm not in the uh, – in the spotlight's going to say something, but it, it was pretty awesome just to see how I agree that that dude probably never thought in his life you'd get the opportunity to do that. And it was just really cool to see. Speaking of which I'm going to throw it back again. Yeah, I hate dwelling on it, but last year after the two, nothing Brentford went on opening day when Gary Neville is living it up, they zoomed in on a guy who was there at their last game. Like, yeah, so long yeah. ago. And to yep. see him crying and the passion on his face that, I mean, I was emotional and we just lost. So it's really cool to see stuff like that. And excited to see more with Nottingham Forest. So. Well, enjoy. And uh, I can't wait. Camaraderie's, camaraderie's back. My alcohol consumption's about to triple. Um, yep. We'll see you at great. Amsterdam Tavern. Oh, we'll be there. We will be there. I'm looking forward to going back to Amsterdam too. Uh, and I'm just, you know, as I said earlier, just back to the Premier League mornings. We'll be hopping, hopping around to, uh, I'll probably head over to Brady's a couple times. You guys come over here. But yeah, you just roll straight from Premier League mornings into some other American sports, American football for the day. And it's just your weekends are going to be great. Lots of alcohol consumption is correct. Yeah, get those quesaritos ready is right. (laughs) All right. Well, that probably about does it. So thanks for hanging out. We'll be back again next week with some more content to digest and some bets to place. So see you.